0: Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts.
1: We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you.
0: Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to have you here today. If you haven't already, please join our Facebook group. You can find a link down in the description below. Today what we're going to be discussing is 10 ways to help you work through conflict and this is gonna be a two-part series. The first tip we have for you guys is to choose the right time and place to have this discussion. So when you have a disagreement and you wanna talk through something, it's not always the wisest to just jump right in as soon as you have the thought. Now, you definitely don't want to put it off too long when you have the thought to talk about it because then you're likely to build up frustration, resentment, or bitterness, even though the conversation hasn't even started yet. But you wanna make sure that you're at an opportune time and moment in order to have that discussion. So if somebody's at work, it's probably not the best time to call them to hash out a problem that you have, but wait till they get home. And maybe not necessarily immediately when they get home, but say, hi, how are you doing? Talk to them a little bit and then say, hey, can we talk about something important? And one of the things I like about giving somebody a warning like that is that they have the ability to prep themselves. It's not just kind of dumped on their lap and they're in the middle of a difficult discussion without any pre or forewarning.
1: Yeah, and it's important to wait a little bit when they get home because... When we bring up contentious topics when someone is stressed, tired, or hungry, the conversation doesn't always go the way that we hope or plan. And so you want to make sure that as you're approaching disagreements or conflict, that you really are setting yourself up for success.
0: Yeah, I always like to tell people that we want to increase our percentage of chance of success. When you're dealing with human dynamics, there's no such thing as a 100% success rate or 100% chance that this is going to happen. It's just you want to do things that increase the probability of success. And so, if you're trying to talk to your spouse about something important and they're hungry, well, a lot of times when people are hungry, they're more irritable. And so if you want a better chance of success, try not to do it when they're hungry. Now, for some people who are more conflict-comfortable, this is a very good piece of advice for them, where it's, you want to look at the scenario and see is this a good opportunity or not. Now, for people who are a little more conflict-uncomfortable, You don't want to get paralysis by analysis and stopping and thinking all the time, well, it could be better, it could be better, so maybe it's not the right time. But does it seem like a generally good time? There's never going to be a perfect time to bring up a discussion. And so for this piece of advice that we're giving you guys, you have to kind of figure out what camp do you fall into? Are you somebody who's more likely to be a little quick on the draw? Or are you somebody who is likely to just kind of want to push and put things off frequently?
1: Another time that you probably want to avoid is right before bed. If someone is trying to fall asleep and then you're trying to talk about a conflict, they're already going to be a little irritated that you're trying to keep them up, but they're going to be even more frustrated that you're keeping them up with a conflict.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think that's a really good point. Doctors call this the doorknob question. And a doorknob question is this idea that they've been meeting with the patient and they're just about done and then they go to reach for the door. And then the patient drops this big issue on the doctor and then all of a sudden they're like, oh man, now we need to talk about this. And I think that's what's happening when you're laying in bed, your partner's getting ready to fall asleep and you're like, this is the last chance I now have to talk to them about it. And so you've been kind of hemming and hawing and putting it off. And now you're like, okay, we have to talk about this now. But yeah, absolutely. If your partner's just getting ready to go to bed, or they're on the verge of falling asleep, that is not an ideal opportunity in order to have the discussion. You may have been able to have discussions in the past and it go well. But again, that time frame is a lower chance or percentage of having a good or successful outcome.
1: And so maybe you are trying to get it in before the end of the night because you've heard, don't let the sun go down while you're so angry. But we like to think of that as within 24 hours, you want to make sure you address it. Not necessarily that night, right? Because Say something came up and you have a conflict at 9 o'clock at night or right before you're going to bed, and emotions are still high. People aren't ready to talk about it. It's not necessarily this hard and fast rule that before the sun goes down or before you go to bed, you have to make sure you resolve this conflict. Because sometimes when you push it and you're not ready, it really is just escalating the situation.
0: Yeah, and I think the idea behind this is that it's not like a direct command, like you cannot do this, but it's a general truth. You don't want to let things linger. You don't want to let this disagreement or this hurt or this frustration just drag on because that does cause additional problems. But there is something to be said that if, again, this isn't the right opportunity to have this discussion, it is okay to put it off a little bit. Now, again, if you're more conflict avoidant, we're not talking about putting it off for weeks or months. We're more talking about putting it off for hours.
1: Tip number two is to check your mindset before going into the conflict. And so you really want to make sure that you're coming into this with the understanding that we are on the same team. We have the same goals. And so as you're going into this conflict, maybe you have to clarify what your goal is or what the problem is and what is the goal that we're trying to achieve.
0: Yeah, I think this is a really important piece. I think couples, a lot of times, they don't realize it. But when they're starting these discussions, their goal is to argue. And they're getting in there with the goal to make their point and to win the argument as opposed to, hey, we have the same goal. We want to achieve the same thing, but we may have different ideas or different opinions about how to achieve that. And when you come in with that mindset that we have the same goals, we both want the same things. We want happiness. We want the relationship to go in the right direction. We want to be on the same page. When you understand that that is what we're working towards, then it makes the discussions that you have in the midst of that much less contentious. But if you're thinking, oh, I have to fight them to get what I want, then you're going to go in there with a very different mindset and you're going to have a very different outcome because now you're just choosing to fight your partner in any point they bring up or any disagreement that they have with you. You're viewing it more as them attacking you as opposed to they just have a different perspective. And if you look at it that way, it's okay. this is their perspective. This is my perspective. And it's okay to disagree, but then trying to get on the same page with how can we move forward? And I think this really boils down to a lot. People all the time want to argue about opinions. This is something we always do with our kids, where our kids will be arguing about something, and I'll kind of butt my nose right into the middle of their argument, and I'll just say, is that a fact, or is that an opinion? And then the kids will be like, oh, it's an opinion. And then I'll be like, well, why are we arguing about it then? There's no need to argue about that. And then to move on. And so if you guys are getting stuck in the weeds arguing about opinions, it's not helpful at all towards the end goal.
1: So just make sure that before you go into this conflict that you do check your mindset and you do remember to give your spouse the benefit of the doubt. You do remember you married a good-willed person and that ultimately you are on the same team and you don't want these little things to really get in between you and you forget what you're fighting for.
0: Number three is to use I statements when expressing your thoughts and feelings. I see this so much when I'm doing couples counseling where people will say something like this. They'll say, well, you think, or you want, and to me, I always get very surprised that the other partner doesn't immediately challenge that and say, hey, don't tell me what I think, right? Because most of the time what happens is when someone says, well, you think this, or you want that, a lot of times what they're actually saying is, I'm concerned that this is what you want. I'm concerned that this is what you think. And very often times, I'd say 95% of the time, I turn to the other partner I say, is that true? Do you think or do you want A, B, or C? And like, no, that's not what I think or that's not what I want. What I actually want is X, Y, or Z. And it's completely different from what the person was assuming it was. But you want to be careful about interjecting your own beliefs about what your partner thinks or wants onto them. You can express, I have a concern, you might think, or I have a concern you might want. And that's okay. Because you're not accusing them or laying that on them. You're just saying, hey, this is coming from my perspective, what I think might be going on. And so you want to be very careful about telling somebody else what they think or feel about a situation.
1: And another good phrasing for that is, I wonder. So kind of like Tim said, I worry that you're thinking this. It's that same idea, but you're not putting it on them that you are thinking this. But you're just saying, I wonder if this. That's a great tool to use and a great script to use in your marriage because you're still giving them room to share their opinion and what they're really thinking or feeling. But you're also giving voice to your worry or your question. I wonder if this...
0: That also reminds me of Brene Brown's script is the story I'm telling myself is A, B, and C. And so that's another way where if you have a narrative you think your partner might be thinking, you can say it, but then you're not imposing that narrative on them. You're letting them know... This is in my imagination, this is what I'm thinking, and this is what I would like you to give me an answer for. But it makes it feel like you're, again, not just putting that on them, you're letting them know, this is a story I'm telling myself. Number four when you're talking through something that you're disagreeing on, or something that's likely to be a hot topic, is we want you to use a tool called love. Now, we did an episode on this way back in the beginning of the podcast. I'm gonna give you a brief overview But if you want to get a little more in-depth information, we'll link that in the show notes below. So, LOVE stands for LUV, or Listen, Understand, and Validate. Basically, how this goes is that there are going to be two people. There's going to be the listener, and there's going to be the speaker. The person who is the listener, you are going to listen to your partner all the way through to completion. I don't care if they're wrong, I don't care if they're lying, I don't care if they don't have all the information, you're just going to wait all the way through till they're done saying what they have to say. And the person who is the speaker, their role and their goal is to as quickly and concisely say what they need to say to get across the point or to express the problem that they've identified. And I always like to say that the speaker, they have about three minutes to state their case. If you're going on longer than three minutes, the problem with that is that you're not talking about one problem, you're talking about multiple. And we want you to stick to one problem and just discuss and work at resolving that one problem. And then the next phase, so the listen all the way through to completion, then you understand. Show your partner you understand what their perspective is, what the speaker had just said to you, and you want to express it in your own words. And this is something I see all the time in couples counseling session. I'll be listening to somebody explain a perspective. I'll look over at their partner. I'll see them have a negative reaction to it. And I can almost immediately understand how they took their partner's statement in the wrong way because I heard what their partner said also. But I filtered it without any emotions, and I could see without any type of bias what the partner was meaning to say, but then I also immediately could understand how the other person had interpreted that information. And so then I'll say, okay, explain to me what you think you just heard your partner say. And they'll explain it, and I can see that their biases are coming out because they're choosing more harsh or more negative words than their partner had stated. And if you get to that point where you're in this understand phase and you're the speaker and you see your partner is misinterpreting what you said, that's a good opportunity to say, hey, listen, that's not quite what I'm saying. Can I re-explain it? And then you go back a step where you're in the listening phase and the speaker's speaking again, and then you're going to proceed forward. And then if you're in the understand phase again and your partner's like, okay, here's what I hear you saying. It's A, B, and C. Yep, that's correct. That's what I'm saying. Then you move on to the V or the validation phase, which is Hey, you know what? Based on the things you told me, I can see why you think or feel that way. Now, notice the words I'm using. It's not saying you're right. Now, if your partner is right, this is a great opportunity to say that. Hey, you know what? Actually, now that you explain it that way, I totally see your perspective. I think you're actually correct on this. But more than likely, you're going to have additional information or a different perspective that you want to communicate. And so if that's the case, you'd want to say something along these lines. Hey, I can see why you think or feel that way. That makes sense to me based on what you said. So the words are very careful where it's, you're letting them know, I'm validating what you're saying, but you're kind of also prepping them that I have a little bit of a disagreement here. I have a little bit more information that I'd like to add in. And now what we're gonna do is we're gonna flip the script. The person who is the lover is gonna become the speaker, and the person who is the speaker is gonna become the lover. And the way that you do that is by asking a simple question. May I address some of the things that you said there? And then if they say yes, Then you move on, and then you give your perspective. Again, we're only talking about one situation, this very situation that the speaker originally was talking about, not a different situation, but that particular situation and that particular problem. Also, I like to tell people, it doesn't matter if the original person is being hypocritical in what they're challenging you on. A very, very simple solution to that is, hey, you know what? I don't like that either. Can we both agree we won't do that? And so you don't even necessarily have to address the hypocrisy that your partner has because what's the conclusion we want? We want us not to do that to each other anymore. So you don't even have to dive into that. It's just, hey, I don't really like that either. Can we agree not to do that? And then you can move on. And you jump back and forth on this love thing as many times as you have to in order to come to either, one, a better understanding of each other's perspective or, two, coming to a conclusion about how we're going to move forward.
1: Tip number five is to stay focused on the issue at hand. So you want to really avoid bringing up unrelated past grievances and really stick to the issue that we're talking about today. Because what that can do is shut people down because they feel like you're going to just keep using the past against me. So what's the point in even resolving this? Because you're going to bring it up later. And what that also does is it causes them not to trust you. Because if they feel like you're going to personally attack them or use things against them, especially things where they were trusting you and being vulnerable with you and opening up, and then you use that against them, that causes them not to see you as a safe or trustworthy person.
0: And the other thing about staying focused is making sure that you're not doing any kind of personal attacks. Again, if we're trying to increase the percentage of chance of success of these, If you're attacking your partner's character, the probability of that coming out with some type of positive end result is very low. So if you're accusing your partner of being a narcissist, or name-calling, those kinds of things, or being lazy, right, when you say those kinds of things, you're going to inject a bunch of emotions into that dynamic, and then it's going to make it much harder for you to proceed forward or come to any type of positive resolution. And so what we're saying focused on is the problem that we're discussing, not doing any type of partner attacks or character assassinations.
1: And another part of this is to make sure that you're not rabbit trailing, because that really does take away from the issue. And like we talked about at the very beginning, you got to figure out what your goal is. And if you go on too many rabbit trails, then we get lost in all of that and we forget what the original issue is and what we're trying to accomplish
0: And I think a lot of times people even want to talk about a similar situation, and they want to use that similar situation to help bolster their argument. And the thing about it is, again, we're not trying to argue. We're not trying to win an argument. You shouldn't have to bring in a bunch of ammunition to talk this situation through with your partner. We just need to talk about the most recent situation that's happening now. Hey, this situation's happening, and it's hurting my feelings, or I don't think it's very productive, or I would like to go a different direction. But a lot of times people think, like, in order to get somebody to listen, I need to have very good evidence to get them to listen to me. But honestly, I actually think it really dilutes your argument even more when you try to bring in more and more situations. Because there's then different facts and different information that comes into it, and then now we can get stuck in the weeds arguing about what the facts are, exactly how things played out. Versus if we're just talking about one, there's less perspectives when we have that one situation. There's less things to argue about about the finer details. Also again, if we're trying to stay focused, the finer details of exactly what happened in the situation generally are not helpful. And a lot of times people spend a lot of time and effort arguing about exactly who said what, exactly when it was said, what was the facial expressions, all that kind of stuff. And that stuff is generally never helpful towards coming to a conclusion. And it's much better to just focus on, going back to one of the previous one, kind of sticking with I statements. Well, I felt like this situation went like this. Or a lot of times I'll even tell you this, Ruth. Well, I can't remember exactly what you said, but you said something along the lines of A, B, C. And I specifically hedge it that way because I'm trying not to argue about what was exactly said. I'm trying to talk about the idea and how that idea made me feel and how we can move forward from that
1: right? Because otherwise you're right. You can get stuck on semantics and saying, well, you said this and I bet you guys can think of situations and arguments where this has happened, where you get stuck on that, where you said this and the other person replies, no, I didn't. I didn't say that. And that person is so sure that's exactly what they said when maybe it's just a word or two off. And now you guys are arguing about those little things that really don't matter. It's the heart behind it. And it's the overall issue that you're trying to resolve.
0: I very specifically remember this one time I was talking to this family and they were having this big disagreement and one person was saying, you said this and you sent me this text and you said this. And then the other person's like, I didn't say that. I said this thing over here. And then he's like, no, you didn't. And he pulled out the phone and he read the text and I could see the life drain from his face because they had this giant weekend blowout and he had misinterpreted the text, and when he reread it, he realized he misinterpreted it. And now that was a good example where we had specific information and evidence that we could look at. He looked at it. He realized he was wrong. But especially if we're having discussions, there's no way to really go back and to know exactly what was said. And again, it's not super important. It's just how can we move forward? I'm going to share my perspective. I'm going to share what my motivations were. I'm going to share my perspective. I'm going to share what my motivations are. And then trying to understand what was the motivation behind a partner, what was that perspective, and then moving on from there.
1: All right, you guys, we're going to end there on part one of 10 tips to working through conflict. Make sure you join us for the next episode where we continue with tips six through 10. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing
0: to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know.
1: Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you're contemplating suicide.